Uh, and I wish, I truly wish the, the public, because uh, you know, they have no idea how many calls for service we deal with that are that are more of a crisis where law enforcement is not necessarily the, the best resource uh, to respond. listening to the Black and Blue Podcast, a discussion and celebration of the roles of African Americans and other minorities in U.S. law enforcement. Your host on the Black and Blue Podcast is Dale Peters, a law enforcement professional with over 20 years experience in the business. Hop on board this Black and Blue train of interviews, current events, and pop culture conversations. So get ready. The Black and Blue Podcast is coming at you right now. What's going on, Black and Blue fam? Welcome to another edition of the Black and Blue Podcast, where we celebrate diversity in U.S. law enforcement. If you don't know me by now, hey, where you been? My, my name is Dale, and I'm the host. Thank you for checking out the show. And if you've been here before, hey, thank you for coming back. I really do appreciate it. Hey, but before we get started, let me ask you all, please click those like, subscribe, and bell icons right down here on my YouTube channel. If you listen to me on your favorite podcast platform of choice, please rate the Black and Blue Podcast five stars. Finally, be sure to check me out on any one of my social media pages for even more content. You can find me everywhere at Black and Blue US. All right, so my guest today is a captain for Northern California's premier law enforcement agency. So Black and Blue fam, <clears throat> excuse me. So Black and Blue fam, got me choked up already. Black and Blue fam, help me give a warm welcome to the show, San Jose, California Police Captain Brian Spears. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And like I said, yeah, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to participate. So thank you very much. Hey, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. No doubt. No doubt. We appreciate you. All right. So like I said, uh, right there in the intro that you were up in Northern California, San Jose, how's, how's everything shaping up out there in San Jose today? It's good. It's good. A little windy, but it's already, I saw a supervisor running out the door. He said, Hey boss, I got to go. We got something working. So I, I figured oh, wow. I would just sit tight and wait for the call, but he smiled at me. So I figured it's a, it's busy, but you know, controllable, tolerable. Right, right. San Jose. Yeah, I, I didn't realize how large San Jose was years ago until uh, I met somebody uh, when, I, when I was in the Fed Academy years ago, used to work there and then he transferred over to uh, ATF. But uh, I didn't know how large San Jose, the city and the department were. Uh, how, how large is it for the audience? Yeah. So depending on what day it is, we teeter between the 10th and 11th largest city in the United States. So that that just speaks the volumes. I think we're about... I was checking out some census. We're at 1.8, almost 1.8 million uh, yeah. residents. So uh, it, it's, uh, we stay active. We stay active. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure you do. And, and how large is the department? Right now we are, we are, um, unfortunately when I started, we were at, we had numbers of 1400. Now we're teetering uh, more or less closer to a thousand officers. So, wow. You know, so when you look at the the growth compared to 
to what we have, I mean, we're lean but efficient, you know. Lean but efficient, like like that. But are, are you guys down for 400 bodies or with attrition that they kind of like uh, phase out a bunch of those positions? No, no. You know, just um, and, and I think law enforcement is suffering. Uh, recruitment and retention is, is obviously um, we're just like everyone else. And we are trying to become innovative on recruitment, retention avenues. But we are still down. I mean, those numbers we need them back. I mean, you know, just for the men and women here that, that are serving this community, uh, there's no doubt we're struggling with that. Yeah, absolutely. And how long you been there? Uh, a little over 25 years. So April of 1997 was the uh, start of the academy. So this this journey is um, it, it's it's been in the blink of a lot. I I can't believe so much time has passed. Yeah, it, it, it does sneak up on you. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, it's been 20 some years, huh? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. No doubt. No doubt. Are, are you from up there in uh, the San Jose area? Pretty much. Pretty much. My my parents, uh, they migrated. We got an opportunity or my parents had an opportunity. Uh, San Jose was a little dust bowl. I remember ranches and things of that nature. So transplants from East Palo Alto uh, brought us out to the city of San Jose where my brother and sister, we didn't know anything, but, you know, I, I thank my parents uh, tremendously for for giving us that opportunity. So since then, uh, elementary, junior high, high school, San Jose. Okay, okay. And uh, San Jose is in your blood now, right? It is. I mean, this is a uh, secondary home, you know. <laughs> secondary home. <laughs> where, where, where's all your people are from the Bay, though, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, we, we got that little rivalry. We talked before um, before we hit record here that, you know, I'm down here in SoCal. And uh, so I'm, I'm a Laker fan. And uh, the Warriors and Sacramento are, are, are playing right now to see who gets to play them next in the next round of the NBA playoffs. So who you rooting on? Oh, you know, the Warriors is going to take it to LeBron's. And uh, LeBron's, if you're watching, you know, brother, don't, don't. maybe next year. Maybe next maybe year. Maybe next He ain't got that many left, though. No, he doesn't. He's trying to wait for his son to come to to come and take it over. So, you know, yeah. We'll see what happens. You better you better hurry up because, you know, he's twenty years in the in the league. Yeah, I mean, he still looks good, but dang, I mean, come on. Yeah, those knees and father time does not wait, right? Yep, father father time is undefeated, as uh <laughs> Charles Barkley says all the time. Undefeated. undefeated. Yes, sir. So uh, you were a captain up there at San Jose PD. What, what's uh, your responsibilities now as a captain? So as a captain, the city of San Jose is divided into four sections. Uh, we have Foothill, Central, Western, um, and our Southern. And I'm the Western Division captain. Uh, what that entails is it's a fairly large uh, chunk of the city of San Jose. Um, I probably have one of the most interesting because there's a mix of large residential um, from wealthy to a low level income, uh, industrial, the largest malls, shopping centers uh, are all in combined in the Western Division. So it, it keeps me active. Keeps you active. Keeps you active. And uh, you, you said you've been up there for 20 something years. What, what sort of things have you done in, during your career? So I, I was, uh, I can tell you, I was truly blessed with all the opportunities. Uh, back, 
back in the late nineties, we still like, like several agencies, we had that crack uh, epidemic. So as a young officer, uh, I was tapped to work as a, uh, you know, kind of like a borrowed undercover uh, uh, officer. So what that entailed was uh, bunk hand to hand drug transactions where I was the uh, undercover dealer and we would sell fake uh, crack rocks to, you know, anyone that approached us. So I had that experience, um, became a field training officer. My first detective stint was in uh, burglary. Uh, from there, went back to the streets. Uh, this game is a relentless uh, physical game just as well. Um, yep. You know, just due to just due to the wear and tear on the body, had a couple of surgeries, reconstructions, came back uh, in full force and uh, really tried to remain proactive as a, as a police officer. And during that time frame, uh, it was the three, only three officers at an officer's level were selected to work as a homicide detective. And the opportunity was uh, grant, you know, offered and I jumped on it. So I became a homicide detective uh, as an officer I did that assignment a little over, uh, almost five years. Um, had an infamous uh, Hell's Angel homicide, uh, cartel-related cases. So that was just a, a true blessing and, and challenge at the same time. From homicide, I was promoted to the rank of a sergeant. Uh, had a, had a phenomenal patrol team, patrol experience. I was then tapped to uh, take over the Silicon Valley. Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. Um, at that time, we were about 12 counties, 126 law enforcement agencies. Uh, I was the task force commander. Uh, within that, obviously, uh, the, the the challenges of, you know, you, you go from homicide to internet crimes against children where, you know, strategically targeting, going after individuals who have, um, you know, uh, sexual preference towards children. And between that, I was on the uh, FBI's child abduction task force as well. So, uh, excuse me, um, child exploitation task force. So that came with a lot of, uh, uh, that'll aid you. I mean, I don't think uh, in law enforcement, our our brothers and sisters out there who see the, the, the things that are captured on video, it's, it's, it's inhumane, you know, but there's yeah. a, there's a very select group that are tasked and, and, you know, I was honored to, to be a task force commander uh, for that. So I did that for about almost four years where I was from there, I was promoted to the rank of a Lieutenant, uh, as a Lieutenant, I was a watch commander on patrol, uh, went back to midnights where all the fun and action, uh, was, uh, again, I was towards the later, the, the mid to late forties of my age. And so, uh, still fun. Uh, I was selected to be the intelligence commander. So, uh, with that, you know, with everything going on between intelligence and we actually have a dignitary protection, uh, and our vice unit. So I was a commander of, of that for a little over a year when I, uh, was promoted to the rank of captain. And so here I am today, uh, still taking it in, still smiling. Uh, more importantly, just super proud of uh, of every man, every man and woman who works for the San Jose PD. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, you know, going back to your experience uh, <clears throat> working ICAC, 
Uh, I, I worked ICAC for a little while as well. And you were talking about how the ages, you just uh, seeing all of what you have to see, what you have to look at in order to, uh, you know, to first of all, establish that the person is a minor yes. and, and, and what level of uh, obscenity that is. It, it's yeah, it's not fun, but it's got to be done. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, with ICAC, you know, the, not just the arrest, but uh, more importantly, the outreach um, prevention and awareness comes with that avenue. So, you know, so shout out to you uh, for everyone listening. I get choked up anytime I meet a fellow ICAC member. It's uh, it's nothing but that brotherly love to the two yeah. individuals who do it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. yeah. And they say, uh, you know, th- those criminals right there aren't uh, aren't too dangerous. You know, it's but I would beg to differ because even on the inside, those those guys are not uh, they don't have much love on the inside. So they, they got nothing to lose. Then a few years ago, I think that was in Miami where a few uh, FBI ICAC agents, you know, got killed uh, walking up to a door. To ser- I don't know if they're doing a knock and talk, if they're actually serving a warrant. But, yeah, I mean. Those guys got nothing to lose and they, and they know it. Yeah. And, and with us, we, we actually served every one of our search warrants with the exception of known uh, weapons. And just to echo what you were saying, individuals, those are uh, chameleons, right? Child sexual predators are chameleons. And yeah. you don't know what you're dealing with until you've actually got them apprehended. So, you know, tough job, but it was an absolute honor to, to, uh, have that opportunity. Agreed. Agreed. So, uh, you know, we're talking about how you get choked up on that. Uh, do you have children yourself? I do. I do. I'm a proud father of, uh, three, my wife and I, uh, Jacqueline. Uh, so my wife and I have three children. My oldest, Brian daughter, uh, is a middle Ariana and my youngest is Jaden. And I'm a grand proud grandfather of one, uh, two year old Isabella. So, my son shocked me and uh, came home from school, did an internship out in the Central Valley uh, with Stanislaw. Next thing you know, he's telling me, uh, hey, Dad, I got a job. Where'd you get a job? I'm going to be a deputy sheriff. What? <laughs> and so uh, I watched my, uh, I always called him the baby boy. I watched the, my baby boy grow up right in front of my eyes with his speech of, he goes, you want to know why I do this? He goes, every single day you were involved in our school. You were there. You were always participating on campus. You never came home upset. He goes, never. So you always ask me what I want to do. This is what I want to do. So with that speech, I was speechless. So he's currently uh, working um, inside the jail at San Joaquin County Sheriff's Department. All right. Congratulations there. Thank you. Thank you. And he's the only one that uh, wanted to follow in, in dad's footsteps though, right? Right now, yes. Um, so he's 25, he'll be 26. My daughter's uh, 17 and my youngest is 15. Okay, so, so they got a little ways. They got, got a little, little ways. ways, got a little ways. Yeah. 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 So I got, two, I got two in college and neither one of them wanted to be cops, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess know, that's a good thing though. It is, because I, I never thought about the worrying and things like that. He's trying to prepare yeah. to go back out to patrol. So I just, uh, you know, the fatherly instinct, uh, I'm sure you share, it doesn't matter. You're constantly yes. reaching out to make sure they make it home. You know, what time you're there. And 
he's 26. He still shakes his head laughing, but he'll answer He'll answer the call. So I, I'm grateful. Blessed and grateful. Yeah. You know, I even had mine. They were explorers for a little while. So, you know, they okay. got to see the, the inner workings of that. And I guess they decided, nah, I'm good. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, going back to San Jose, and you're talking about how large it is, what, what's kind of the demographic makeup of uh, San Jose? You know, the city of San Jose is known as a, a huge melting pot. Uh, we can obviously use a little uh, a dabble of, uh, of several different races, but we have probably about, uh, tw- about 30% is going to be our Vietnamese or our Asian uh, community. Another... Uh, probably a little less or probably about the same Hispanic. Um, only 3% of African-Americans, uh, 24% white. So it's, when you when we go out and about, if you came on a ride along, you you wouldn't, every, every block is different, you know, and it seems like, uh, like I said, the big melting pot. And I don't know if it's just based off of the Silicon Valley or the largest city, you know, surrounding, but when it comes to the, that, you know, the Census Bureau, more so uh, stronger uh, uh, Latino and or Hispanic and Asian community. And Asian. And does the department kind of reflect that merited community? You, you know what? We're striving towards that. Um, still a little offset. Uh, but I, I truly believe it's not based off of how we are um, targeting. I mean, right now we have a huge push for not just our, our recruitment uh, recruitment department, but every man and woman here, including our civilians, we, we want them to be those walking billboards to, to convince uh, and to help attract this, you know? So, yeah. uh, but we do, we've got two brothers that played uh, NFL football uh, at one point of their careers. So wow. we've, we've, we've brought talent from all over the all over the nation, to be honest with you. Uh, but similar to what everyone else is seeing, you know, the, the stigma and, and, a, and a lot of the, the incidents that have, have made national news has definitely slowed the, you know, everyone's not jumping up and down to get into law enforcement. But one of the things that I, I definitely try to focus on is for, for us being a large city, when I'm out and about and I've had the opportunity, uh, shout out to Chief Mike Carroll at San Jose State. Uh, we've done a lot of uh, guest speaking events over there, especially with some of our, with uh, uh, some of the working groups, some of the African-American student groups. And a lot of individuals say, well, I'm not I want to be CSI, not really the police. And my big push is that is very relevant for us. Uh, having an evidence tech and yeah. building an evidence tech team, it, it, it truly does allow a law enforcement agency at, at our size and others to civilianize positions so that we can continue to deal with the day-to-day, um, you know, the disturbances and, and you know, the, 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 the severe incidents. And so we're trying to push and make some changes uh, within our organization. Uh, but, you know, we, we are, definitely trying to create a melting pot um, organization to match to match the city just as well. Yeah. It's interesting. You said uh, try to civilianize a lot of positions. And one of the big things that came out of, uh, you know, George Floyd and, and incidents since then is uh, mental health or social workers 
uh, you know, taking a lot of those kinds of calls as opposed to uh, law enforcement actually responding to those calls. How San Jose responded to that? Have you created any positions? Are you have any plans to do something like that? No. So that's actually a great question. We have. We were proud. Uh, I'd love to say we were proud. First of all, we have our uh, it's called MCAT as an acronym, Mobile Crisis Assessment Team. Uh, these individuals are law, are sworn law enforcement. Uh, they wear a different uniform, polo style, a lot more of a soft approach while dealing with uh, someone or, or members of our community in a crisis. In addition, we also had a um, perk clinician uh, who was riding with the police officer. Uh, we're in the process of trying trying to hire another um, clinician. And one of the things, and, and I'll say it's more of a hearsay not fact, but our first clinician um, really kind of was blown away with the day-to-day calls for service and, and, and the amount of people suffering from a crisis where they were like, you know, I don't think that this is for me. And so we are actively trying to uh, obtain another clinician who can be actually in the field. Um, and when you look at that, uh, and I wish, I truly wish the, the public, because uh, you know, they have no idea how many calls for service we deal with <laughs> that are that are more of a crisis where law enforcement is not necessarily the, the, the best resource uh, to respond, you know. Um, and, and, you, and I think you're out in Southern Cal, you have the um, 988 team that's responding just as well and kudos to to the system but there's just so many factors you know how many positions can you civilianize and do you want an officer to respond with them because as you know dale and, and for your guests who are non-law enforcement we are not we don't receive 911 calls that are stating i just want to let you know i'm having a great day this is yeah. You know someone's worst and and we go when they're having their worst times you know and so for mental health they're in a serious crisis and trying to balance that you know when we get there knowing that there's not a, a crime but how do we mitigate that and and the re- role and responsibilities being peace officers has increased um quadruple minimum right yeah yep well I mean, we do things that 20, 30 years ago that uh, weren't necessarily in the purview of law enforcement. But now, you know, whenever something comes up, hey, call the cops, call the cops on this, call the cops for that. And, uh, you know, one of those many things that they call the cops, at least in my department, I'm sure in your department as well, um, juveniles with uh, with their parents. When parents can't handle their own kids and uh, call the cops. And one of the things that irks me is, you know, when, when we get those calls and they expect us to be the parents. Oh, I'm just going to let you know, preach. Absolutely. Right. Because people, one of the things I do a lot of, we do a lot of community uh, engagements uh, at our, at our agency. I'm sure just like others. And one of the first things I hear, if I hear a parent uh, coming from a former preschool teacher turned police officer, when I hear someone say, Oh, I'm going to tell the cop, I'm going to tell that police officer, you're going to get in trouble. I hate that. I take that, I go right over there, I drop down to that child's level, I said, you're not in any trouble. And then I look up at that parent and I'm like, don't tell them that. That's the last thing. I mean, that stigma gets created 
at such a young age. And, and now we have a we have a, a nine year old scared of us based off of what parents have said. So no, I, I'm with you on that. With you on that. Yeah, absolutely. So how, how do we kind of get past that um, with the communities that now look at law enforcement and, you know, with a side eye now, what what, what sort of steps can we do to kind of, you know, bring them back towards towards, you know, not necessarily on our side, because, you know, you won't always have have that on your side. But, you know, looking at us more fairly, you, you know, one of the, the, the true tests is first we have that cliche, right, being involved in the community. And I think one of the better ways that we can we can do it not. And I'm going to give you just a multi multifaceted approach here. One, when I do community events, I prefer, uh, especially when it's an interaction at a school, I prefer not to be in my uniform. I think, and, and it's just my opinion, children children at, you know, especially junior high, which are very, is a very volatile time for those decisions and things of that nature, elementary, junior high, they want to know what you wear. They want to see you for who you are, not behind this uniform. So therefore, any type of engagement that I do, I have a, uh, a little presentation in, that, I, that I've done for several years, and it's called Choices and Consequences. It talks about my life. And at the very end, um, one of my best friends uh, at high school became a serial bank robber, was on America's Most Wanted and uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Wow. And so um, to this day, you know, his brother's a police officer just as well. So, you know, it's it's we're going the, down this path and it and it veers off. And so I talk about during this presentation and just regular clothes. The slideshow talks about me growing up, uh, some of the choices that I was bad choices that I started to make. And then I play the uh, little clip from America's Most Wanted. And then I walk back in with my uniform. And now they've had an opportunity to see who I was growing up in, you know, in high school and starting to be a knucklehead. And then the decision that I made and then the decision that, um, you know, a, a guy that I, I called a brother at one point, you know, and it's they're, they're blown. They're blown away. And so for me. I'm able to connect with the community when they look and they say, well, he likes Jordans. He likes Converse. He's yes. he's normal because we are. We're normal people. We just have a different responsibility. And I, I believe we owe it to the community so that they know we 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 walk the walk, talk the talk. The majority of the events that I go to and I had that, like I said, I talked about the event I went to yesterday. It was a uniform event, but my children wanted to go. They had two different places that that they had to be. And so it's it's huge for me to open up this trust and and trust the community that I'm going to share my family with you is as just like you open the door and you trust us to walk inside your residence, right? That that's a trust and we have to continue to build that. So those are that's just one step that I feel is important. Law enforcement uh we've never been uh great at showing all the things that we do outside of of being the day-to-day the -day calls for service. And what I mean by that is, I'll give you a perfect example. Yesterday's event, one of my midnight officers, she came to me and she says, hey, I'd like to participate in some of the outreach. 
she stayed. She worked from 9 p.m. till say 7 a.m. Then she took on an event from that started at 10 a.m. And we don't self-promote all the things that we we're involved in. I have a young brother, two young brothers here at the department that are police officers that run a basketball league. No one even knows about it, right? And so I have former teachers that are engaged in the community um, that are just, they do so much and we don't, we don't highlight that. And so rather than just talk about the gun pinch, um, what we've done, I, I truly believe several, the, the social media platforms exist. It's, yes. it's us taking that time to say, this is really what we do. And, and you know best, we don't, we don't advertise, we don't self-promote because we don't want it to be, create a false narrative. Like, oh, they're only doing that for this. Right. But we're beyond that now. We're beyond that now. And that's the only way I truly believe that we're going to be able to start rebuilding that trust that these communities desperately need. And it, it's, it's personal. I have, when we have children that want to pursue a career in law enforcement, friends and associates, we need to, I, I, that's how I judge it. I look at it. How would I want someone to, to talk to my son? How would I want to be treated? And having uh, biracial children who look different, consistently, how do I want them to be treated? Not just by law enforcement, but within the community itself. So, yeah. Absolutely. And you're talking about, uh, you know, trying to get uh, young people into this profession. And you, you spoke about uh, your experiences, even with friends, associates that veered off to another path. Interesting conversation is now that we're all agencies are really uh, in need of people and, and, and really trying to recruit people is, um, you know, lowering standards and not necessarily lowering standards all the time, but, uh, you know, looking at people who have had, you know, associates or associated with, uh, with different, uh, people that, that did, you know, did some knucklehead things in their past. Maybe even they did some knucklehead things in their past and disqualifying those people, you know, straight off. What, what, what's your opinion on that? You, you know, the profession has evolved since we started, right? I think oh, you've yeah. been in the game 20 years, easy, minimum, right? Yep. So since, since the position has evolved, I, I truly believe that we should open up the thought process uh, as well, right? Um, we're still, when I look at this profession, it, I, I echo this, it's not just arrest, about arresting individuals. The power of communication is absolutely everything right this is this this your mouth and your ability to communicate is really what keeps you sane and helps mitigate some of these issues that that we encounter on a not even on a day-to-day -day basis on an hour-to-hour -hour basis so what if someone did have a grand theft back when they were 18 years old um is that something that we could look past, you know, it, was it, was it a, a mistake? And here they are 20 years later, wanting to be, wanting to contribute to their community. So, you know, I, I think that there's a playing field that we should definitely revisit and, and, and re-examine. Um, I know that we got SB2, which is, you know, obviously something that is new to us in the, in the law enforcement, but 
not necessarily, you know, taking a look at the, the recruitment and retention and, and where are we missing the mark, right? Should we care if somebody has blue hair? It, no. <laughs> that's the least. If it's able to start, uh, create dialogue and have a conversation with someone else that has green hair, you know, I, 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 I don't have a military background. Um, I'm still the, you know, take pride in the class A uniform. However, you know, I want to match our community, you know, and yeah. so when I look at it, I, I oversee our uniform uh, committee. So I'm trying to come up with creative ideas that soften the, the approach. Um, uh, I, I was tracking and, and had the opportunity to watch a week in Watts um, and behind the scenes where the Watts community said, hey, LAPD, you know, you're a Southern Cal law enforcement officer. Pride in that uniform is everything, the way you look, you know. Um, so, but you look so hard and they, they couldn't, it was really, for us in law enforcement, though, we strive for that, that professional look. Yes. But communities go, hey, can you soften it? And if we're really listening to them, shouldn't we be start thinking of other innovative ways to make those changes so we could bridge those gaps as long as we're still doing it in that safe uh in, in that safe manner right yeah so we got a lot of challenges uh ahead of us but if we have the leadership uh that's going to be open-minded to help create those changes i i think we really can it's funny that you mentioned kind of softening up the, uh, the uniform and, and, and the look. Um, I don't know about your agency, but, uh, you know, we wear, we're allowed to wear load bearing vests, you know, the outer vest. Yes. And, uh, I remember going to a call and a gentleman told me he didn't like them because they made us look more, more militaristic. Um, so, you know, yeah, you, you got that too. I, I just try to tell him, you know, it's, it's really the, you know, take a lot of the weight off your back and, uh, you know, you know, because we got a lot of back injuries in this profession, but, you know, he still he thought it looked more more militaristic than, you know, the class A's. Yeah. You know, we're going to we're not going to make everybody happy. Right. No. We, and we can't. That, that, that's that's truly impossible. But, you know, I, I'm trying to look at the kind of like the polo style uh, with the option of an exterior carrier or not, you know, but at the same time, you, you You've been doing this for 25 years, so I have to stop trying to, you know, have my own personal opinion. And we within the city of San Jose, we have uh, an officer advisory board. And the really the real true decision comes down from from the men and women we serve. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that choice will be, you know, once we kind of get it dialed in, that choice will be uh the majority of, of our staff will make that choice and see what we can make a change. There you go. So long as you guys don't bring back the short shorts and, 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 and white socks. <laughs> yeah. The Lieutenant dance. No, nah, we can't. No, no, no. Don't yeah, do that. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you've been on for 20 plus years. Had you always wanted to be a cop or was there, you did mention that you were a preschool teacher, yeah. right? Yeah. I started off my, my major was early childhood development. And I've always just, you know, I, I figured I, children are so innocent and they're taught, they're taught so many things. You know, there's, there's tons of those videos where you see a, a child 
who is so innocent. They, they don't know any better. And so I, I jumped at the opportunity. I actually didn't, wasn't able to get a class and they had a, uh, uh, a student teacher on a program on our campus. So I took advantage of that at a, at a local community college uh, at De Anza. And I would see this, um, this young lady always staring at me and I always wonder what, what it was. So she offered me a job as a preschool teacher. And from there, it, it, it was rewarding, right? And so over the course of time, I, I knew that there was just so many years you had with these children. I had a, at one point, I had a classroom of 12 two-year-old boys. Uh, once they were potty trained, they, they came to Mr. Bryan's class. And, you know, for several years, I kept in touch uh, with this and finally watching a basketball game, I spotted one of my uh, two-year-olds from my classroom, uh, talented basketball player. So of course I had to go find his mom first and, uh, you know, so had that moment, but really didn't think, obviously I, I shared a little bit about you. I, I started, you know, my era, um, you know, you had all the that the hammer of dan you know hammer the mc hammer age of dancing and all that kind of stuff play you know started fading but you know everybody wanted to be a gangster and a knucklehead so i almost started that path even despite being an athlete uh and, and you know i always watched police officers from afar i felt the quote unquote harassment and as a result of a negative incident um i was challenged to a fight uh, by a police officer and uh, I took him up on that challenge. And uh, I, I took some stick time with some baton strikes as a result uh, in front of a few friends. And I remember that the anger, um, wanting to call people, wanting to see what, what we can do, wanting to ride on this individual. And through that pain, I was like, I could do that job. I do that job better than him, you know? Yeah. And, it, and that message started playing and, and so, uh, through through various positive resources, uh, my mother being one, um, linking me with my uncle, who I had no idea played football with uh, retired assistant chief Walt Atkins from the San Jose Police Department. And he opened my eyes and I true, you know, I, I give him much credit. He opened my eyes and and pay, you know, really put me on a path of direction. And that's how where I'm here today. That's awesome. Love to hear that. Love to hear that. And uh, <clears throat> as a captain now, you've uh, you've risen through the ranks, and I'm sure the people kind of helped you along the way or, you know, some mentors. Are, are you big on mentorship to kind of pull people up behind you? I am. I am. In fact, uh, the, the NAACP just hosted and facilitated out of the city of uh, Oakland, I believe it was, and it, and it was titled get your promotion, right? And it's something something similar to that. And so I've I've had the opportunity, I don't care what, what color you are, if you are someone that I deem a, a, a pillar within the organization that's not just basing everything about arrest, but want to create change and want to implement programs and really be an innovator, those are the ones that I reach out to um, and, and that's all walks of life. So, yes, motor, uh, being motivational, making sure that I, I stay grounded and reaching out. You know, my job now in this organization, I, I figured my time is running short, you know, based off of 
just time, the time on the streets. And if I can help young men and women get to their their destiny and sit in here, I I I did something that's kind of crazy. I wanted to go on ride alongs. I wanted to see how it is out there. Just because you're you're you get promoted, you still need to understand the nuances. And so working with some of our um, just up and coming talented uh, officers, it, it, it's amazing. So I love the fact that, you know, I'm not I'm not a military man. So and I respect the military, but my, people walk past and they want to come in and they want to talk to me. I, that just makes my day. And so if, if I can continue to um, captivate young, young officers, uh, men and women, they want to come in. They ask me about the task force. They ask me about all the crazy undercover operations I've done. And then they start asking me about, you know, outside of this job and outside of the profession. The, that's that's where I'm really captivated with with, you know, tomorrow's leaders within this within this profession. So absolutely. absolutely. Yep. Yep. Love that. So you kind of talked about, you know, the most rewarding parts of your job. What, what about the most challenging part of your job right now as a captain? As a captain, I we 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 see what's on the news for all the listeners that are non-law enforcement here tuning in. We see what's on the news about, you know, defund the police, things of that nature. I go to community meetings. What I'm shocked about is everyone thinks that they, they depend on the police to fix problems and not necessarily police problems. So we're engaged in other the unhoused um, issues, right? RV parking, all these these nuances that are non law enforcement. Those are the those are some of the bigger roles that that we play, and and I take pride, and I I tell any uh, any man woman that don this uniform or work for a law enforcement agency, kudos to you because you've taken on things that don't even fit. We we've got code enforcement, we've got all these other agencies that that are supposed to be our partners, and they are great partners, but the number one number one organization they call to resolve problems the police uh, police yep the police right and as a captain i probably average uh 80 to 100 emails of when i read through you know large majority of our non-police issues uh <laughs> but yeah. but we try to figure out you know what's the what's the best course of action and the best uh the, you know, pointing them in the best direction. So that's probably the biggest eye opener as a captain, uh, hands down. Uh, that's one. And number two, being out there and just you, you, you ever feel with your officers, you ever stop out there and they just kind of like, whoa, what are you doing out here? You know, uh, <laughs> so Wait a minute, uh, I got a, ba a, a badge and a gun, too, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I still tell them this, this, I, I'm here. I try to keep up and stay stay in shape so uh that's probably more the comical aspect yeah 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 so do, do you get out and uh you know go to a call every now and then or you, you know i try i truly try unfortunately uh one of the I, I recently just a month ago i was driving and i look over to my shoulder and there's a bicyclist down and but the way the position the bike was positioned i was like either he's a, a victim of a shooting 
or something bad happened. So, you know, I drive an unmarked vehicle, so I could have continued, but I decided to pull over, uh, activate the body worn camera, get on the radio, and the individual had suffered a, a drug overdose. So, starting the triage and and having civilians around you, um, taking on those. So. Yes, I, I, every once in a while I try to hit the streets, go out. I do. Uh, one of the bigger things I stride on is when I, I have a community that's identifying multiple problems. I like to walk with the community member so we can really engage and not to nothing that's going to put them in harm's way. But let's walk and talk so we can address some of the issues and concerns uh, within the community. So that's something that that I pride myself on. It's getting out there. So, you know, you, you hear the officers hear you out there and they come racing around the corner and I'm like, no, 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 keep going, keep going. I'm good. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, you know, because they'll be like, Captain, the LT, what's, what, what, what they doing out here? Go, go back inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and from a, from the city of San Jose's perspective, our, our watch commanders, our captains, they are actively out on the streets just as well. So seeing an, uh, a lieutenant vehicle out and about, it, it's not rare, right? A critical incident arises, you're going to get the gamut of, of individuals on scene um, pretty much all the time. And that's a change. Uh, and I'd say a change in, the, in, in more of a positive aspect as a result yeah. of all these ongoing issues, having multiple levels out really can control um, behavior on both sides so yeah yeah you know uh real quick uh you know you mentioned sb2 earlier now I, I wanted to get back to that real quick explain what that is for our people that you know in, in california don't know but you know people across the nation that don't know what that new uh <laughs> wonderful law that we have out here in california is now yeah sb2 um and you, and you chime in Help me, help oh, yeah. me at will. But SB two, for in layman's terms, is a is a new, it's a new law that basically states this: you as a peace officer, if you are um, any type of misconduct, uh, an incident where, and I'll, I'll I'll utilize, I'll utilize things that are justified. Uh, someone that's convicted of domestic violence uh, or an incident that would have been that could have been a. Uh, a felony, and this is from a from peace officers. Uh, any of that involvement in in a manner of that nature, they would be terminated, uh, and they would not be able to go to another law enforcement agency. Okay, and but on the flip side, and that's that's those are ones that I just that I absolutely uh, applaud the actions. We won't need we don't need an individual um, hiding behind a badge doing that. But there's other incidents and critical incidents that arise where an officer can be taking someone into custody and that individual, unbeknown to us, has ingested narcotics or there's some underlying health uh, issues. We handcuff them and the person dies in our custody. Now we are also facing the potential of losing our credential to be a peace officer. Yes if there's a violation of a policy and, and two different worlds, two different spectrums, but definitely doesn't help um, us in the state of California with recruitment and retention uh, at, at all. And there's a lot of nuances that, that go into that. Um, 
and a real estate agent, several law enforcement officers have a side business and, and things of that nature. But if you're involved in something in real estate where your license is, your license could be uh, taken, that license can also, because of your actions, even though it wasn't in law enforcement, that could also cost you your ability to become a police officer. So there's a lot. SB2 is a whole nother, you know. It's a whole new thing. Yep. Yep. Whole new thing. And, and you know, before that was implemented, I had always thought, you know, because because you went into more of the, the other things that can can take place. But as far as the certification uh, for someone being you know, fired from, you know, for cause, um, for the most part, I would always think <clears throat> if you go to a new agency, when they do the background and then they would you know, obviously go to your prior agency and say, why was this person let go? And then, you know, they disclose that most of the time, most agencies would say like, yeah, we don't want that on our books either. I'm sure from time to time you would get that. But for the most part, I think that was something that was handled internally anyway from agency to agency. Yeah. Yeah. But it's here and it's it's yeah. uh, in fact, one of the first publications came out. Uh, a young brother from uh, San Diego sent it to me and it had a list of officers that it, and it shows temporary uh, who's temporary suspended permanent. You know, it, it's um, it's an eye opener. You know, um, and it's here. So now we have to adapt, adapt to yeah. it. Right. Yep. Yep. We do. So. We do. So with that in mind, uh, and you got 20 some 20 plus years on, uh, how much longer you look, what's the future look like for you, Cap? The future for me, I've decided, I, I feel it's absolutely necessary. As a, as, a, as a proud African-American in law enforcement, I feel it's absolute, absolutely necessary for me to pursue and continue to pursue for the next step. And the next step for me is I, I would like to become a chief. Um, I would love to be a chief within the, the, the confines of uh, the city of San Jose. I can't control that, right? But I can control the, the next journey. So um, I, I've made it known and um, I want to try to try to do a few things a little, little different than than the average, but uh, um, I'd like to become a chief. And right. uh, I've decided that you know if I could put in um, a few more years, I'm still excited, I'm still passionate, and uh, you know if I could leave my mark and help help the next generation, and also help kind of kind of curb that 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 stigma within just a community, just one person. That's what I strive for every interaction. So uh, I'm not done. I'm not done with that. So that that's, that's why. Not, not done. Not done. Not, yep. Not Still done. got some gas in the tank. Obviously. Yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, right. sir. All right. All right, Cap. Hey, I appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing some of your, your, uh, your tenets of success and, and all that. But uh Hey, you're not done. I got a little game I like to play with my guests before I let you go. So okay. Let me get this set up here for you. And this game here is black or blue, 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 black or blue. Come on. Let's go black. All right. So this, yes, this is my black or blue game. And your category today, Captain, is Sand City. Sand City. That is cities that begin with the word sand. 
I'm yeah. going to name yeah, San Jose being one of them. I won't give you that one. That's a little, a little too easy for you, but I'm going to give you a, a, a name of a city. You tell me, is that a real city or not? A real okay. city or not? San City. All right. So pretty simple, right? All right. Let's go. Right, let's go. All right. So here's your first one. San Clemente. Is that a real city? Real city. City. Yes, San Clemente down in Orange County, Southern California. All right, off to a good start. How about your next one here? How about uh, San Jalen? Hmm. I'm going to say no. That would be correct. That is not. That's something I made up. That's Jalen Rose right there. <laughs> San Jalen is not a city. All right, two for two. How about your next one here? How about San Selma? Uh, that's a city. Oh, that is not a city. It's oh, not a Selma, city. Not yet. There, yeah, oh, okay. there's a Selma. There's a Selma, Alabama, but there's no San Selma. All right, I'll take that. <laughs> the picture got oh, me sorry. though. So okay. Yeah, I, I got you. All right, well, maybe we get you back on track here. How about uh, San Bernardino? Is that that's a city? A city. Yes, absolutely, sir. Absolutely a city. Down here, city to the west of the city where I work, actually. Um, how about San Antonio? San Antonio, Texas. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Definitely a city. San Antonio, we got you back on track. How about uh, San Coolio? <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> that is not a city. <laughs> San Coolio. And uh, hey, shout out RIP to Coolio. He just passed away uh, about yeah. a month or two ago. So, you know, shout out to him. Uh, Gangsters Paradise. We all remember that. How about uh, San Santa- for for being yeah. a, uh, a firefighter? Oh, it, it was he really back back, back in the day, back in the day. I didn't know that. All right, All right. shout out to Coolio, definitely. How about the uh, San Timon? San Timon. San Timon. San Timon. You know, it's a 50-50 guess, so I'm gonna say no. <laughs> yeah, that is correct. I made that up. That's Timon from uh, Lion King, uh, Timon and Pumbaa. You remember him? Yeah. You got kids. You remember him? Yes, sir. <laughs> How about uh, San Diego? That's the retirement spot right there. That That is uh, a city. Yeah, that is definitely a city. Got to throw you some softballs there. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, San Dimas? It's a city. Oh, you know San Dimas. That's out this way. Definitely. How about uh, San Juan Capistrano? We got the church. Oh, I'm going to say it is. It is. San Juan Capistrano. Yes, that is definitely a a beautiful city out here. A couple more here for you. How about uh, San T'Challa? I'm going to say no. No, that is not. T'Challa from... uh, Black Panther, and shout out to uh, Chadwick Boseman, passed away a couple of years ago from the Black Panther movies, and a couple other movies that he did as well. Great, you know, played James Brown, he played uh, Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Robinson. Yep, yes, sir. yep. All right, and uh, how about San Leguizamo? That's not a city. That is not a city. Nope. <laughs> you know John Leguizamo. <laughs> Yep. And how about your last one here? San Luis Obispo. That's a city. Now we all know that's another beautiful city. Another beautiful city. Uh, San City. I think you got more right than you got wrong. So let's uh, call you the winner. There we 
Ayo. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you got through that. Sand City. You actually Sand had me breaking a little sweat for a second, too. Nah, nah. You, you, you good. You good. <laughs> you, you, the deductive reasoning that you got there when you were detective. So. Oh, there we go. There we go. Absolutely. Hey, Cap, before I get you out of here, how about some words of wisdom for the audience? You know, for everyone that, that's tuned in, um, my, my, my two cents is this. We're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. Some of us are going to make bigger mistakes than the others. doesn't matter if you're wearing this uniform uh, or regular, regular uniforms. We're all human. And um, I promise you that this profession, uh, I, representing for Dale and I in this profession, we're striving towards excellence. And we're not perfect, but we've chosen to 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 come out here and uh, really take on the, these crises. And all I ask is, the next time you see any one of these police officers, no matter what color uniform they're wearing, you know, just wave at them. That's that's all we we are. Um, we have families just like that, and vice versa. I will pass that same message uh, to every man and woman that's donning this uniform, who's listening to Dale's podcast. That's all we have to do is put a smile on our face and be out there. Makes the world go by a lot, lot faster, a lot Absolutely. easier, smoother that day. <laughs> smoother, yes, yes. Absolutely. Hey, hey, I appreciate uh, coming on to the show again, Captain. And uh, hey, be safe out there in uh, San Jose. And uh, hey, go, go Lakers, right? Oh, oh, we was almost there. <laughs> But I'm going to wish your team nothing but the best, though, Dale, right? I got to check on this Warriors game. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It might be Sacramento right now. So you, you still roll with Sacramento might. if it's you, – you still roll with Sacramento if they made it, though, right? Still, as long, hey, to be honest with you, for, for all your listeners, as long as we keep it Cali, we're good. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Love that. Hey, hey, I'm a Niner fan, so. Okay. Well, we got to get yeah. you out for, for one of the games. Yeah, I haven't been to the new stadium yet, so I wanna I wanna make it out there. You're gonna have to just hit me up. We'll make it happen. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you ain't said nothing but a thing, Cap. Nothing but a thing. I, I got you. Yeah, I got you. I went to uh, I went to uh, the, you know, we got the Rams down here. So whenever they play the Niners down here, it is nothing but red, nothing but red, and no. and so far, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Wow, wow. We no, taking, we gotta uh, get yeah, you. We got to get you here, you know. We got to get you here. You know, I may have to, make, I have to make a phone call or two to get you a tour okay. of the stadium or something. Hey, hey, uh, next football season. Next football season, I'll definitely hit you up. I, I appreciate you, Cap. All right, appreciate you, sir. Take, take care. All right, you take care, my brother. There we go. Another dope interview with another outstanding guest. Thank you, Captain Spears, for spending some time with me and my audience today. You truly are an inspiring man. Hey, and I appreciate you. You guys out there appreciated this episode too? Go on ahead and let me know by leaving a comment in the section below. And don't forget, click those like, subscribe, and share this episode as well. I'll be back before you know it with another dope interview just like this one. But till then, come on, y'all. Stay black and blue. I'll holler at you. Peace. has been a Nature D Entertainment presentation.